This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Welcome to another episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Heyman. And listen, we got a big time episode for you today. Uh, our guest will be Jerry Harrison Jr., who is uh, one of the analysts for the Los Angeles Dodgers, working on Sportsnet LA out in California. Uh, remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Uh, let me first by start by saying, John, how, how are you doing today, man? I'm hanging in there, staying safe. How are you, Tony? I'm staying safe as well. Uh, hopefully, we get some of these uh, some of these ball clubs to stay safe. Marlins, Cardinals, among some of the teams that have been hit with the COVID. Uh, what's your update with with COVID? Yeah, there it's very concerning. There's no question about that. Uh, the Cardinals going into today, and it's going to be updated today. They're being very careful. We've seen that there have been some inconclusives. We're going to wait on the saliva test, so we're not exactly sure. We knew the Marlins had 18 players had tested positive for COVID. Not good, but they were pretty transparent about it. So far with St. Louis, my last count, and I don't think this has actually even been updated on Twitter yet, but three Cardinals players and four staff members have tested positive for COVID. Uh, I think it will be updated. It could grow from there. But right now we have three players, four staff. So I I consider that an outbreak. Uh, We've had two outbreaks. And the other 28 teams, uh, wow, the 28 teams are doing okay at this point. So let's uh, hope they're able to keep them all safe. A couple things, John. I think one of the things that's scary about this is is these – false positives or false negatives. Uh, it seems like it would be hard to run a league without consistent tests that give you the right result. That's part of the scary thing. The other thing is you have to start thinking as, as these positive tests mount, what kind of effect does that have on the psyche of the players that have committed and may have been on the fence? It just seems like if you continue to have outbreaks, uh, there's going to be some some skepticism 
among players, I would think. Yeah, I mean, the, the false positives, unfortunately, are going to happen. I'm not a doctor. I'm just playing one here on this podcast. But <laughs> you can see on the Internet that uh, there are some percentage of false positives. It appears like Juan Soto got a false positive because then he got 10 negatives very quickly uh, within days after that, kept getting tested and all negative. So I, I we suspect that was a false positive. He certainly thinks so. The Phillies had one coach and one a clubhouse attendant to test positive after the Marlins were in there. So perhaps they those were right, but they got quick negatives as well. The Phillies team uh, quickly was all negative all along. So th- it's possible those, we had those two false positives and a false positive with uh, Soto. Uh, one good thing about the Phillies getting all negative is that they did play three games with the Marlins. So it doesn't appear yeah, yeah. so far it's transmitted very easily on the field. I'll put it that way. I'm not going to say it's not going to be transmitted, but, you know, you're seeing high-fiving, low-fiving, all sorts of stuff close on the field, and it doesn't seem like it's gone from one team to another yet. So I'm glad baseball is being careful about that and canceling games, and we certainly had a lot of games canceled, and that's very concerning. Six teams out of 30 didn't play over this weekend. That's 20% of the league. Uh, No question that's concerning. But, again, I'm glad they're – they're being very, very cautious about that. Uh, but uh, so far, it's only been confined as far as we know until we have an update. St. Louis and the Marlins, the other 28 uh, have been okay. The, uh, hopefully, we have no false negatives. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we may never know if we get a false negative. I don't know how they'll figure that out. But uh, I wouldn't rule it out. If there are false positives, you know, uh, these right, tests are right. not perfect. Well, uh, certainly you hope, based on some of the rumors that have been out there, you certainly hope the players are taking this as serious uh, as the organizations are. All right, let's get into uh, some baseball, finally. Uh, The Mets, one of the teams that some people were picking as the dark horse in that National League East, seem to be right back on the path that they were uh, at the beginning of last year, 3-7, and uh, an early five-game losing streak. It seems like Diaz is right back in the position he was closing out games, which is not having very much success doing it. DeGrom even looks human, John. Yeah, I mean, it's been a rough start for the Mets, no question about that. Uh, the Diaz, I mean, uh, at this point, they cannot use him as closer. I think we even mentioned no. that on our first podcast. We and did, I, we I did. Think, I think their uh, Luis Rojas understands that now. He, he's just not a closer in New York. Maybe he's a closer in Seattle, but it doesn't seem to be working in New York. They have other options there, so that that, that should be okay. Uh, DeGrom, I have full faith in. I mean, at some point, it's going to get to him that they support him so poorly. And, uh, you know, I, I know he wasn't perfect the last outing, but he, he did throw 101 miles an hour. The guy, yeah, he did. The guy's an incredible pitcher, so I'm not worried about him. I think they'll get that bullpen together. They need to start hitting, though. I mean, obviously, Alonzo and uh, McNeil were fantastic last year, and uh, – you know, I think uh, they need them to get going, and that's really been a, a bugaboo to this point. Yeah, I mean, then you have uh, Cespedes uh, opting out really without telling anybody. They show up to his room, bags are packed, and he's not there. Uh, they later would confirm that he is opting out due to COVID-19 reasons. This 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 organization just seems like a mess right now, John. <laughs> Well, they knew going in signing Cespedes, he's a little bit of a quirky character. We we understood that. He certainly has been extremely product, productive at times and helped them into that 2015 World Series when they looked done 
uh, halfway through the year. So, I mean, he's certainly uh, done his heroics for the Mets, but uh, I mean, this doesn't make any sense. And I see people all over the place ripping the team. And I understand the team's got a history of not always getting everything right. But I mean, Cespedes has got to be able to tell the team that yeah. uh, he's opting out. Uh, very, very odd. I mean, Look at Lorenzo Kane, professional. It was a surprise to the Brewers that he opted out, but, I mean, he very professionally told them, I'm doing it for COVID-19 reasons, and it's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, I mean, it certainly is a a health risk. And, uh, you know, if that's the reason that Cespedes do, is, does it, that's fine. But you got to tell the team, they paid him $100 million plus yeah. at this point. Whatever they played him. I mean, you wouldn't do that to your employer, and neither would I. We, we wouldn't do that to Intercom, right? We like them. And even if we didn't, uh, you just can't do that. And, uh, you know, and I, I see people blaming the Mets for this situation, and I, I, I think they were transparent. I, You know, they said that he wasn't there. I mean, if, if they hadn't told us, the media, and, uh, you know, uh, it was discovered later, we'd all be saying, why didn't they say something about this? So, I, right. you know, I think they were being upfront, and I'm not going to – criticize him for that then they they said they knew he was safe um, they went to his room and it was empty uh, it was all cleaned out i i don't think that was the evidence that he was safe though it doesn't make any sense to me the agent must have told them earlier than they've let on that he's opting out they just don't want to say that for whatever reason but uh, he is opting out whether that's because of they say he says it's for covid19 or his agent did um, you know, he's obviously been struggling. Uh, it's been very frustrating for him. I think he knew his playing time may be diminished. They have a lot of other good hitters like Dom Smith and uh, J.D. Davis who can play left field. Uh, you know, he had that home run opening day to win the game, and uh, he hasn't done anything since. And he, maybe he saw the writing on the wall. I mean, I know people are going to rip me for speculating, but, you know, this is a guy who's fighting boars. Is, you know, is he, is he really <laughs> – over COVID? I mean, nothing wrong with quitting over COVID if it's legitimate, but wouldn't you tell the team, I'm quitting over COVID? That's a legitimate reason. So, yeah. uh, you know, sorry sorry to be tough on him, but uh, no, you know, listen, he is uh, a quirky character, and I've defended him. I defended him through the golf and all of the other episodes, the bore and everything else, but uh, you got to tell the team when you're when you decided not to play this year. Yeah, that, that, John, just boils down to professionalism, as you said earlier. I mean, you, you mentioned Lorenzo Cain uh, opting out for the same reasons, yet he's able to inform the Brewers so that they can let, make the proper uh, press release and let folks know. I, I wasn't really blaming the Mets. I'm just saying optically, based on things we've seen from them in the past, yeah, of course no. people are going to react to uh, to the to the organization being 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 a little little out of out of sorts, but you're right. This boils down to Cespedes really just being a professional, you know. And, and you know, you're probably right. I, I, I'm not. I, we we're both speculating on this, but it certainly doesn't look good. The fact that he had the great opening night where he gets the home run and then hasn't done anything since. You see some of the younger guys around him who who are trying to come up and and, and are playing all right right now. Maybe he did see the writing on the wall. Maybe he felt like it was best to go ahead and, and take it to the crib. But well, I guess right. We'll, right. we'll never know. And I, I yeah. agree. You're, you're absolutely right. I understand what you're saying with the Mets. They got a history of not getting things right. As I said, you're right about that. And look, we're it's we're open to speculate. I know we're going to get killed on in the internet. There are people who you know don't want to hear anything negative. But I mean, come on, you got you got. You got to be professional about it. He absolutely was not. You got to tell the team. And uh, 
uh, it just doesn't make any any sense at all uh, the way that this went down to just leave and and that's it. Uh, and yeah. the reason we're able to speculate, I mean, I've texted the agent. Uh, I hear nothing from them. They don't have a story, so that leaves <laughs> right. him open. If he wants to, if he wants to have the guts to tell me, oh, it's COVID or something. Okay, uh, at least I've heard from them. But the fact that they're not saying anything, uh, that leaves it op- open to speculation. Sorry. Let's be honest, John. It doesn't take any guts to let somebody know that, hey, I- I'm taking it off because I'm a little afraid about this this disease that's floating around. I think everybody would understand that and wouldn't judge. Absolutely. Let's stay let's, let's stay in the AL East, though. Uh, obviously, last night, Yankees-Red Sox, very entertaining game. Um, I-, I can't for the life – figure out why teams continue to pitch the judge right now, the way he's swinging a bat. Uh, I guess you're picking your poison, but uh, he's certainly off to a MVP-like start, John. Yeah, I mean, here's the reason. Torres, Stanton, Ursula, they're all fantastic. Now, you're right. I mean, Judge is ahead of any of them right now. He's the most dangerous guy in the game. Certainly last night, if home runs in four straight games, you wouldn't think you'd give the guy a chance. Of course, I saw Don Mattingly do it in eight straight games. I think Griffey did it in eight straight games. There are others who've done it. It seems crazy to me, right? If someone gets to four or five games in a row, do not give them a strike. But uh, right now, uh, Judge is the top player hitter in baseball and uh, there's no way around that and he's got a lot of other great hitters around them and of course they're playing the Red Sox who really can't their pitching is down at this moment it's you know obviously uh, they had traded Price away sales out for the year unfortunately Eduardo Rodriguez uh, right now is out uh, and it will be out for the year with a COVID related heart yeah, situation yeah. very very bad and uh, we hope and pray for his uh, well-being and they they say that he'll be He'll make a full recovery, and we certainly hope so. But uh, uh, right now, the Yankees uh, are having their way, and uh, it's funny that Baltimore is uh, presenting the biggest challenge for them in the AL East. Good for them. Uh, They've done some good things, but uh, that's not going to last. The Rays are struggling. So uh, it's been kind of an interesting start with Detroit and Baltimore having winning records. Of course, Miami does too, but we, we know that's because they've only played three games. Right, and going going back to the game last night, uh, Aaron Judge, who had hit a, a home run earlier in the game to give the Yankees the lead for a quick second, you get to the eighth inning. You're in a 2-0 count, tie ball game runner on first. You have, uh, you, I, I believe, behind it, you have Torres, who is struggling right now. He, I, I watched all of his at bats over the last few days. He just looks jumpy. He doesn't look very comfortable. And based on what Judge did earlier, I just don't see you. He's already 2-0 in the count. I don't understand. Why even pitch to him at that point? Take your shot with Torres, who doesn't seem to be very comfortable right now. Instead, they try to throw a two-old slider. It stays in the middle of the plate. And listen, Judge is not missing anything right now. And he he, he lost that ball over the left field wall as well. Uh, you just at some point you got to. I know you're picking your poison, but you got to pick the least effective poison in this case. Yeah. It's, not, it's definitely not Judge right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's rare to see somebody intentionally walked or pitched around with a guy on first, but I think in this case you're absolutely right. Now, uh, James Paxson, he continues to to struggle. The velocity is not quite what it is what it was last year. He's around 95, 96. Yesterday, 91, 92 miles per hour. Now, granted, this has obviously been a completely different. Uh, build up to the start of this uh, season based on, because of COVID-19. So that could be a reason why, but 
he certainly is struggling, and they need him, uh, I think, down the stretch in order to, to have some success this season. Absolutely. I mean, uh, he's a key part of the team, no question about it. I mean, they obviously got the ace in Garrett uh, Cole. Um, they've got him going, but uh, you, Paxton uh, does not look like himself. I mean, uh, there's no question about it. The velocity is a big tell. I mean, uh, you, you got to know that going in, and it was with Otani. Now he's getting checked out. Um, you know, Paxton had the back injury. He had the uh, uh, surgery, and we thought that the uh, delay in the season might actually help him. And yeah. you know, this guy's going 100 miles an hour in the past. When you're seven miles hour, seven miles an hour down, uh, that's a big concern. Just like it was Otani was throwing 90 his first start, and uh, you know, we had uh, Mickey Calloway on MLB Network and asked, and I asked him, "You think he could be hurt uh, to be down 10, 9, 10 miles an hour?" Uh, he said no. I mean, he must have heard it from Otani that he felt fine. But, uh, you know, if someone's down nine or 10 miles an hour, I, I think that's a red flag and, and yeah, a big concern. No, no doubt about it. I, you know, you bring up Paxton surgery. I, I had completely forgot about it. That may be part of the reason why he hasn't, although it was uh, uh, some extra time in there, you know, the body takes some time to heal, especially having those type of surgeries. Uh, hopefully he can recover. Who do you, John, who do you think the biggest threat is to the Yankees in, in the in American League? I got to say, uh, you know, I, I like to stick with my picks. So I, I got to say Minnesota yeah. uh, and Oakland. Uh, those are the teams. To me, Houston without Verlander, not the same. Uh, you, know, you know what? Cleveland is sneaky. They've got five good starting pitchers. That's they do. Pretty, they do. pretty good thing to have. I had them as a playoff team. I, I really wasn't expecting them. Uh, to be a major threat this year. Everybody said they were a little down, but, uh, you know, they did the right th thing trading Kluber. Obviously, I'm, I'm hearing he's likely out for the year. Um, you know, they, they've got Bieber's been the best pitcher in the league to this point. Uh, Clevenger's another ace. Savali's been good. Carrasco's been really good. And uh, my friend Dan Plesak's nephew, Zach Plesak, uh, He's nothing like Dan. I got to say that. He's nothing like him. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> not like him at all. He's the right-hander. You'd think that uh, Plesak would be the, 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 the uncle would be the right-hander, but Dan's the, the left-hander, very stable, very nice guy. And not that to say his nephew isn't, but uh, he's a little different. He's a little quirkier he's <laughs> than, than, than Dan. But he, he can pitch, too. And a very, as Dan points out, he's a very confident young man. <laughs> yeah, you're still kind of waiting for the smoke to settle in America. Like obviously, the Yankees are at the tippy top, but you've seen the Twins. They look good. The Astros, despite not having Verlander, they offense, their offense continues to to put up runs. You mentioned Oakland. Uh, there are some teams in there that are there. You mentioned Cleveland. There are some teams that uh, could have a, a say-so of how this whole playoff uh, setting looks when it's all said and done. Let's slide over to the National League West. Uh, which could be one of the best divisions in all of baseball. I've had a chance to see four of the five teams play up close and personal, and, and this is including the Giants. So a team I haven't seen yet is actually the best team in, in, in the division, which is the Dodgers. I'll see those guys tonight. Uh, but even the Giants, uh, they, they may look at the roster and you don't see a lot there, but this team plays hard, and, and they don't seem to, to go away very easily. They gave the Padres all they could have a handle in San Francisco, splitting a, a four-game season, four-game set, excuse me. And then Padres didn't move to Colorado, and we got a chance to see. I think Trevor Story is is going to uh, be in the conversation for an MVP this year. The way he's playing, uh, 
everyone's over the 500 except the Diamondbacks right now, who actually looked all right, too, when I saw them play. Yeah, you know, I was right about this division. I thought it was the best division in the NL, but I have the teams wrong. I had the Diamondbacks and the Padres joining the Dodgers in the playoffs uh, this year. So far, the Diamondbacks have not hit that great. San Francisco getting credit. uh, Whatever you want to say about Gabe Kapler, he's doing a good job. They split with the Dodgers four games. Amazing. Uh, Incredible. The Padres, uh, they've got some young talent. Uh, They're doing okay. Uh, You know, I still expect them to call up some of their – real top young studs and they may get better as the season goes on. And, you know, the Diamondbacks will sneak up on you. You know, they don't have big names. Obviously they lost uh, Goldschmidt and Pollock over the last couple of years and uh, Granke, but uh, I, I still feel that uh, Lavelle does a nice job. They all do a nice job there and uh, they're still a threat for me, but yeah, the Dodgers, they're the best team. You know, we picked on them a little bit le- yes, last week because, uh, boy, they've lost a lot of pitchers, but they're still going. They're still yeah. going strong. Yeah. I mean, Kershaw looked fantastic. Uh, Bueller, we know he's how good he is. Uh, May looks good, but I mean, to lose four or five pitchers and like it's nothing, it's incredible. The price with the opt out, Ryu is gone. Uh, Maeda traded. He's actually underrated. Rich Hill gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now we've got Wood with an injury. So they lost yeah. five pitchers and they're still going strong. That, you, you know, and, and we'll, the Padres will get a chance to see Walker Bueller tonight. The thing that stands out to me is their depth. I mean, whether it's Mookie Betts, whether it's Bellinger or, or, or Chris Taylor or Jock Peters. I mean, it seems like they got guys coming out of the ears in terms of who can step up in big moments and, 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 and make plays. And uh, whether Mookie left the game yesterday with a, a, a seems like a, a swollen middle finger, but He's been terrific. He's starting to get it going. Bellinger, who got off to a slow start, starting to get it going. So this team is the juggernaut that we expected. Let's slide to the team that they're facing tonight, and that's the San Diego Padres. Now, coming into the season, uh, a lot of people had this bullpen pegged as, if not the best, top two bullpens in the league. Um, And this is minus uh, a guy like uh, Munoz, who had to miss because of Tommy John. They're missing Jose Castillo, who – who's had some injury issues here. He was another left-handed arm coming out of the bullpen that uh, the Padres expected to do well. Both of those guys are away. You still have uh, some of your better relievers. Yates, he's struggling a little bit. Uh, Emilio Pagan, he's struggling a little bit. And I think what what really makes this, exacerbates the, the struggles in the bullpen is that the starting pitching, I don't know that it's built up. They've seen about 85, 90 pitches out of the starters, and for the most part, that's been good for five innings. So the bullpen has had to cover the rest, and when you add to that that they haven't been throwing that well, it's kind of been a, a recipe for disaster. The Padres could very well be be seven and three, eight and two at this point. Instead, uh, they're six and four, and you know I think they, if you told them that at the beginning of the season, they would have taken it. But um, the bullpen has been a little bit of an issue, John. Yeah, I, I still have faith in their bullpen. I, I still think they have the arms. They certainly have the talent in the minor leagues. I, I do expect them to call up some of their uh, talent. I might talk about that a little bit later on the insider uh, corner, shall we call it. And uh, I, I, I like their overall talent. I like their youth in this situation. Um, I, I still have faith in them. And as far as the Dodgers, I hear what you're saying on the depth. Uh, of course, that's a, that's a key, but uh, to have those great stars at the top. I mean, Mookie Betts, that throw he made, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. And the game, 
against the yeah. Diamondbacks. Did you see that in the center? The guy's a fantastic athlete. It's incredible that he was he a third or fourth rounder for $700,000. Bellinger uh, might be the most talented guy in baseball. I think he can go on the mound and throw through 93 miles an hour, too, from what I hear. So uh, it's, I, the talent at the top is just fantastic, too. Betts and Bellinger. And, I mean, Turner is a star at this point. I mean, uh, it's incredible yeah. what's going on with his career where he's a, a journeyman player, and now he's a star. He's a free agent after the year. It's going to be interesting. I, I still, I know people are talking about moving Seager to third, but uh, I think they'll bring him back. Uh, they have to love Turner, and my understanding is he, he's one of the. You know, each team has a leader in this in this COVID operation and uh, keeping guys in order. And I, Justin Turner has been fantastic on that, from what I hear, and I hear it on the other coast. Max Scherzer with the Nats has been fantastic as well. And I, I I like to see guys who can step forward and be that leader, and I, I hope they reward him with a new deal. He certainly deserves it. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's strange. It's funny that so the teams that have leaders have been, you know, really rock solid during this COVID-19 time. And uh, you definitely got to tip your hat to, to, to guys like that. I, 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 let's move to the Rockies because um, I don't know if anybody was talking about them prior to this season started yet. Uh, they're at the top of the division in the National League West, albeit it's very early. I'm not, you know, claiming that they're going to run away with the National League West, but they have been surprising, and, and their bullpen has been good. Their their starting pitching is good, but their offense, as always, uh, is is the thing that's that's steering this this ship right now. Yeah, I, there, Trevor Story. I'm glad you mentioned him early. He's the most underappreciated star in the National League. Sure I, is. Absolutely, what a talent too. Speed arm, power. Uh, people don't realize how great a player he is. I could be because he's playing alongside uh, Arenado, who's clearly yeah. a superstar. Uh, but Trevor Story, what a fantastic player. They've, they've done a nice job with their drafting there. Uh, give Billy Schmidt credit there because he's picked up some uh, superstars in the draft. And, and Story certainly is one of them. Whit Merrifield's my unheralded superstar in the American League. But Trevor Story is just a he's just a fantastic player. And, you know, I was on MLB Network a week ago and I – or. 10 days ago, something like that, before the season started and said uh, something like, oh, the Rockies could contend. And then I, we went to the break. I'm saying, why did I say that? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm looking good right now. I, you know what? He, they, they were in the playoffs two years in a row. Last year, they were a disaster. Obviously, Murphy didn't hit like he could. And everybody's down on them. Freeland was terrible last year. And, you know, they do have talent. It's an unpredictable place. I'll say that. You know, you just don't know what's going on in Coors Field. It's a it's a strange thing and uh, you know, it's a strange park and uh, who knows in a pandemic what goes on, but they do have Arenado. They have story. They got Murphy. They've got hitters. Uh, Blackman, obviously a good hitter. Uh, you know, they're a threat. I, the NL West to me is the, clearly the best division in, in the NL. Uh, you know, the other divisions are solid. They, uh, you know, one through four, they're pretty good. Uh, but to me, they don't have, uh, quite as many stars as they do in the NL West. Yeah, we, 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 let's let's talk about some of the dominant teams in, in the National League. We've already really gone over the Dodgers, and and just to to be clear on on how dominant they've been, they already got a plus thirty run differential against opponents. I mean, that doesn't give you everything, but it lets you know that when they win, they're usually blowing people out. Uh, but you also have the Braves and the Cubs who. You know, obviously they're, they had a lot of talent there, but, you know, I think people were kind of overlooking the Cubs. They got off to a good start despite their bullpen situation, and the Braves seemed like they just picked off where they left off at the end of last uh, last regular season. 
Yeah, I always underrate the Braves. This year, I finally said they're going to win that division, and I feel good about it. Uh, I mean, they got a good young Your team. Your predictions I, have I, been on point this year so far. I, it's unbelievable. I don't point out the bad ones. Though, <laughs> I will point out no the bad ones of others, though. Of others, I'm not shy about it. And Pakoda, I think, had them at 30.7 wins, the Braves. I mean, they won. what did they win last year, 95 games, something like yeah. that? A young team, uh, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is like a mad scientist. He's making moves left and right. It seemed to work out. I mean, Nick Markakis had opted out. Now he says, I want to come back in. I think what happened with him, and understandably so, he saw his good friend Freddie Freeman was really struggling with the COVID, and yeah. he was worried. And, uh, so he's now opted back in, and that certainly helps them. They had signed Puig, and then uh, he failed to t- uh, get a positive on the COVID test. So uh, the Puig era ended quickly in Atlanta, and they're back to all their young players. They do some uh, surprising things. The Fultonavich uh, uh, putting them on waivers there, but they, nobody took them, and, and nobody wanted to pay the $2.3 million. Now they have him in the minors, and maybe he can make a comeback like he did last year, and he actually helped them in the playoffs in that one game, that last game we won't talk about. But uh, yeah. as far as the Cubs go, uh, solid veteran team. I, I've heard they really have a thing buttoned up with the COVID, and they're, really, they're the only team that has had not one COVID positive. Chris Bryant self-reported, give him credit, uh, with the symptoms. Uh, he's now tested at least two times. I saw someone reported four times. They're all negative, but uh, he self-reported. I mean, this is a very mature young group that they've got, and they're, uh, they're serious. Kyle Hendricks is really ready to go. I still can't get over the complete game to start the season. So uh, they're they're in good shape. Uh, I like Cincinnati in that division, but uh, there's a reason the Cubs have been near the top the last few years. John, clarify something for me on on the opt-in, opt-out. Now, Marquez opted out before the season got started. Now, that did it was it that that allowed him to opt back in, or can guys opt in and out as they please? I'm glad you asked that. Um, they need they need the permission of the team to opt back in, but Atlanta was happy to welcome Nick Marquez back. I mean, he has a re- reasonable salary at this point, and they liked him. He's helped them uh, be win a lot of games in the last couple of years. And they said, okay, come back. Now, if Cespita says he wants to opt back in, I'm not so sure they're going to say yes at this point. But, we, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, if there's a guy who's way overpaid and says I'm opting out and for whatever reason they don't want him, uh, yeah, they, the team has to approve it. So they could disprove it. They could say disapprove it. But the Atlanta said, we'll take Mark Higgins back. All right, well, well, John, let's take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we will have Jerry Harrison Jr. uh, join us. Talk a little bit about the Dodgers and what he's seen so far in the league. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 